All right. Welcome back to another episode of On the Throne Podcast. Uh, today I have with me special guest co-host, Double D, formerly known as Tyrell. Howdy, howdy, Marina. How's it going? <laughs> Good, buddy. How are you? Oh, living the dream. Living the dream. And uh, special guest, Bearded Dad. Not to be confused yes. with the bearded clam. I am a bit of a clown, but... Uh... Oh, no, I oh. said clam. I said clam, not clown. Oh. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hey, hey BD, uh, pucker up your lips real quick. Bearded clam. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, fuck episode 13 lucky number 13 or i don't know is it lucky or is it unlucky who knows i am sorry in advance um for what i may or may not say in this podcast like this Uh, is this is this is a forewarning that this is nsfw because i i feel i feel like letting loose today he's letting loose let let you let your anal glands loose (laughs) <laughs> well, so bearded dad. Oh. Fun fact: Did you know that we use the extract of the renal gland of the beaver to make vanilla extract? I did know that. Really? All right. Continue on. Back to you, <laughs> Dick, in the studio. Oh, CEO of Big Dick Energy here. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Bearded dad, how's it going, buddy? Good, man. First and foremost, uh, congratulations on the new podcast. Thanks, buddy. Episode 13. You've had some pretty awesome guests on so far. Um, Hell yeah. Really, really enjoyed the content up to this point, and hopefully uh, I'll enjoy this one episode when it comes out. Well, you might be a little bit biased. You might be a little bit. You might have some bias uh, when when you're trying to enjoy this one, right? Because it's your own voice. We love the sound of our own voice. I think that's going to be the weird part is listening to my own voice. How did you uh, find it there, Double D? Uh, Episode two is the best episode uh, of all of them. And uh, we haven't even recorded this one yet, but I know two is already beating it. I mean, (laughs) I don't don't disagree. Episode two was the best so far. I've heard that a lot, actually. I've heard a lot of people really enjoyed episode two. They liked the... uh, topic of conversation with mental health and whatnot and it really resonated with some with with a lot of people actually and you know they like that we can as men that are in the oil field supposed to be rough tumble and 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 reserved you know in our feelings uh that we are able to talk about it absolutely i couldn't agree more and uh you know we're seeing it more and more each day um people are becoming more vocal and more supportive of mental health and understanding like, you know, uh, men's mental health is very important. Mental health in general is extremely important, but uh, it seems like men got the short end of the stick on that one, unfortunately. Yeah. If, if you, if you showed empathy or compassion or you let yourself be vulnerable, <laughs> what a freak. Well, you know what I say about that? Let your freak flag fly. It's okay to be not okay. And it, yeah, we don't need to make another mental health episode, but it's, uh, it's always good to bring it up. I love that you guys are on page with, with it. It, It's a rarity. And, uh, I love you guys so much for it. It's like you both are advocates for it. 
Same well, way. Justin, Justin, especially, right? Like he's, you know, we've been, we've all been through some shit, but he's been through some shit nobody should ever have to go through. And he sought out, you know, um, he's gone to counseling and, and therapy and whatnot. And, you know, he went through, not only did he go through the mental health side of it, but the mental health side of it kind of went hand in hand with addiction. Right. And, and that's, that's kind of, you know, Justin is here, you know, lucky 13, you know, we're, we're lucky and, and happy to have him. So. Thank you. Yeah, man. Appreciate that. Thank you both. Um, same. Uh, I respect the heck out of both you guys. Uh, when I was going through my lowest of lows, not a whole lot of people knew it. <clears throat> but uh, you guys knew what I was going through on a private level. So uh, thank you both for being there and having ears because uh, those small little check-ins to see how I was doing meant the world to me. Um, started off as a journey some almost 34 years ago. Um I was, I don't know if I'd say unfortunate. Um, it's taught me life experiences, but I was born into a family that struggled with mental health and with addictions. So uh, it almost seemed inevitable. But uh, in a small community in Newfoundland, unfortunately, there's not a lot of topic of mental health or there's not a lot of resources. So when Come I on, left, you'll, buy, you'll be fine. Yes, by Lord Thunder. <laughs> where are yeah. you too um so yeah I, I guess you know um i was born to a young mother my mom was 16 when she had me um she had me in march and she turned 17 in july so having a young mom was very difficult um for her i would imagine she wasn't even out of high school and then uh, my dad or I guess my sperm donor, really, he bounced when I was five months old, never looked back. And then uh, <clears throat> my grandparents ended up raising me up for a bit there. And uh, that was a blessing all on its own because I got to have an incredibly great relationship with my grandfather. And uh, while he went through his recovery for uh, substance abuse, he uh, went through alcoholism. So... As he went through that journey, um, he realized his priorities was taking care of me. And it has created a bond with us that lasted until his last breath. I was there for it. And, uh, you know, I miss him every day, but I uh, just hope I'm making him proud. I definitely say you would be, you know, like, you know, uh, he was in a generation that, you know, couldn't speak out and he was very clearly suffering. Right. And, and, you know, he kind of guided you through that or you guided each other probably, but you know, you guys helped guide each other through that. And then for him to see, I don't know, did he see you go through, uh, your recovery? Did he, did he see any of that? Um, so the first time I really went down that dark road was after he passed. And then I, uh, my wife and I, we knew each other prior to his passing. We dated for a short time prior to his passing. And then um, a couple of months after his passing, we actually reconnected. And uh, she was actually here in Alberta uh, with her dad for the summer. So we reconnected and stayed talking all summer. And then she came home 
in the fall to go back to school. And uh, so through that process helped me uh, stay focused and keep myself together, keep sober. Um, she kept me on a short leash in a very good way. It's what I needed was some guidance. You know, I never say it's a woman's job to fix someone who's broken, but she's been my support system for many years. And I managed to maintain my sobriety through the loss of our son. We lost a son on January 13th, 2017. And uh, he was stillborn. And that was a really, really hard patch in our life. So when we went through that, um, again, she was the backbone. I had to put on the, and at that point, mental health wasn't really a big part of my life or taking care of my mental health wasn't a big part of my life. So um, she really held it together for us. And it brought us really close together for a while, for a long while. And uh, I maintained my sobriety through that. And uh, I just tried to stay focused, tried to get healthier. But eventually just got to the point where things got so overwhelmingly, I don't want to say bad because my life's not bad. It was a bad moment, not a bad life. Uh, things just got to the point where I broke. And I turned to alcohol to try to fix it. And it wasn't like a one day I just woke up and started slamming as much as I can get into me. It was a gradual process. It went from like one or two beers after work to two to three. And then eventually it was a 18 pack every other day. And it just got progressively worse as time went on. And mental health and addiction don't mix well at all to the point where it was really out of control. I remember last year I was going to the bar with my buddies and um, I'm not proud of this, but I'm going to admit it because I'm going to own my truth. I was drinking and driving. I was just being an idiot. And I don't mean like excessively drinking. I mean, like I had a few drinks and I got behind the wheel. I wasn't pissed drunk loaded and again, not trying to minimize what I did. Um, but I knew I was heading towards some real shitty scenarios. I depend on my license for my livelihood. And uh, I can't say for certain I would have passed a sobriety test. Because I had a few drinks. Um, but that's when I kind of knew things are getting bad. They're getting out of hand. <clears throat> and it was time to smarten up. So finally, um, I ended up putting down the bottle back in May, the end of May of last year. And then, unfortunately, less than a week later, got rushed to the hospital to have double hernia surgery, repair a couple of hernias. And then, um, yeah, worked on my sobriety through that. Worked on my relationship with my wife and my son rebuilding my relationship with my wife and my son. Um, it was, it was difficult, but I met an amazing doctor, uh, Dr. Ravi here in Fort McMurray at the community care clinic on Franklin Avenue. And, uh, when this whole masking from COVID happened, it's kind of weird actually. Um, 
when I met him, he challenged me because I didn't want to wear the mask. I was dead set against it. Anxiety through the roof. Like anything touches my nose. It's like, and it's weird because I have a nose ring, but anything like my son, my wife, anybody touches my nose. I'm like, Oh, it, it sends me into like a pure anxiety attack. I don't, oh, it's just, poor it, wife. What's that? I said, Oh, your poor wife. Right. She loves to pick too. So anytime I have like any kind of acne or anything going on on my face, she's the first one right there. <laughs> yeah. like, that's, uh, that's not where I was headed with this. I was headed really perverted and dirty. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I, I don't mind when there's uh, something tickling my nose. Baby, show me you love me. <laughs> 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 but uh, no, I met an amazing doctor and uh, he challenged me and uh, wanted me to see a psychologist. So I did. And um, started getting medication for my anxiety and my depression. Started counseling. Really just turned my life around. It's good. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. I, I want to just rewind like eight and a half minutes ago. But hold up. I want to say we had this conversation, but I don't remember. But I kind of remember. Nonetheless, uh, my mom was 16 when she had me. My dad ran away before I was even born. Do you know my dad? Me either. Um, and then... Um, grandma and grandpa took me into their loving home and raised me for the rest of my life. Uh, my, me and my bio mom have a relationship. It's toxically awesome. If that makes sense. It's like uh, my relationship with my mother. It's more of like a brother, sister, hate, love, love, hate relationship. There's so much love and want for each other to succeed that we get so viciously angry when the other person does something stupid. Absolutely. I was like that with my sister, my uh, oldest, my oldest of the young sisters I have. I have three younger sisters and the oldest one, you know, I was hard on her and uh, I realized now like maybe tough love wasn't the way to go, but I figured, you know, that's what she needed. Like, you know, but it's not, it's not what she needed at all. She needed someone to be like, Hey, are you good? You know what I mean? And I wasn't, I was like, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know my grandparents actually. My dad, my dad was adopted out when he was like less than a year old or something like that to my, my grandmother, my Nana, I guess, who I've, I've recently met, not recently, but 10 years ago now I met, uh, she, she was 16 or 17 when she when she had my dad and my grandfather was a little bit older and had a family of his own and whatnot and uh they they, they just couldn't do it she she was too young and so you know they gave my dad up and i guess the story goes a year a year or so later she had another son a year to the day that's that that played a huge role or a crucial part of the story was a year to the day uh when we found everyone and uh you know so she went back looking for my dad but the adoption thing was closed the registry was closed or whatever and when it opened up in 92 i think it was they went they started looking my dad didn't start looking till 2013 
And, you know, my, I begged my dad forever to go and look for his, his biological parents. So my, uh, my dad finally cracked down, went to the Children's Aid Society in Ontario, and they did. And there's like six months to a year. But because they weren't taking into account that she had been looking for like 20 years at this point, as soon as my dad put his thing out there, it was like immediately within like uh, five or six days, there was a, a cross reference or a match and we got the paper for it. And uh, I, the thing that came back was the, my dad's younger brother, the youngest, one of the younger brothers, uh, the birthday. And, and my dad lived behind one of his brothers for 10 years and didn't even know it. My, my sister walked to school every day with her cousin and given my family history with, with cousin fucking, you know, <laughs> that could have been a real thing. I love you, Uncle dad. <laughs> oh shit. How many brothers and sister brothers and or sisters do you have Richard? Uh, I have, so, okay, I have an older brother, he's 40, same thing, my mom was too young to be able to handle that, so she gave him up to her parents, and they raised him, right, um, by the time he realized that, you know, mom and dad were actually grandma and grandpa, and Auntie Kim was mom, he was a little older, and he was very bitter about it and here we are he'll be 40 this year and it still fucks with his mental health right uh -huh. his, he is still fucked up about it so i have an older brother who's 40 then it, then it goes me then it goes my my sister who i i was probably too hard on and then i so i have three sisters and then i have uh you have to wear a matching guy just to fit in <laughs> yeah yeah my brother my brother he i don't know if it played a role in in why he did it or or whatnot but the mental health thing i think kind of caught up and for years i was poking comments at him i knew years prior but like uh three years ago he came out to me on his birthday he was gay and i'm like dude i already know and he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, dude, I've been calling you gay for years, right? Like, I'm not, and I wasn't joking. I was being sincere about it. Like, I wasn't making fun of you for it. Like, dude, you had two earrings. You had frosted tips. You had you wore, like, baby blue and, and other weird colors of turtlenecks. The way you talked, the way you acted. Dude, I always knew you were gay. And I'm just like, I'm just, I'm happy for you that you're out. I'm like, thank you. You know what I mean? Thank you for coming out to me. Right. And, and, you know, it's, it's been, he's had a rough go, you know, like I can only imagine, you know, I used to think he was fucked in the head. Right. I used to think, man, like what's going on with this guy? Um, you know, but <laughs> over the course of the last, you know, couple of years dealing with mental health myself, I realized the guy's going through it. You know, he's been through some shit and fuck. <laughs> He really has been through some shit then, huh? <laughs> I love I love Richard, that guy though. Richard, I used to think you were fucked. And then I spoke to you and you proved it. <laughs> I'm not fucked enough. I gotta go home here soon, so yeah, I guess uh, spring break. What's that like having having a, a beautiful wife that you get to make sweet, sweet, passionate coitus to? What's that what's like? It, what's it like, uh, Justin? What's it like? Honestly, it's it's fantastic. Someday do I'll you, get that. 
do you do you do you um shit how okay do you get to go on top most days or is she just like a cowgirl you know like she just wants to ride it it's a little bit of both but uh i i like taking control honestly oh we got a dominant one over here alpha male oh Um, she don't mind uh, being punished or spanked or choked when she needs to be. Oh shit! Whips and oh, chains Justin. excite me. Justin, I I gotta I gotta educate you on something. What's he showing us? This is what you need. What is that? Essence Shabaria? Shabari? What's that? It's what I'm learning. Okay. Um, as for me, having a sweet, sweet, beautiful woman that you can make sweet, sweet coitus to, uh, buddy, it's it's fantastic. It's you know, um, I get to, I don't know. We've been together a long time, and I get to, you know, I've never worn a condom, and it's great. I've never had to pull and pray because I don't care. We didn't care uh, when we were younger, and and we sure as hell don't care now and we're, we're trying for a third so you know what i mean we're 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 not whole yet we're not complete so we're working on that same dude same and nice um we've been together 14 years and we dated prior to that so it's been 14 years ago and you know, lots of ups and downs lots of challenges but we made it yeah, no, that's amazing, man. And I'm glad you guys uh, you can make it through some of the shit that you've been through because, you know, you're a team, right? So you go through it, she goes through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, it's just like my wife and I, it hasn't been all, all roses. We've been together 17 years, married for 10 now. It hasn't been all roses, you know what I mean? But uh, fuck, she she stuck by me when 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 I needed someone to stick by me and have faith and believe in me, right? And she believed in me long before I believed in me, and and we've had that conversation, you know. And and fuck, I I I just think you know you need to find that one that's that's worth going through shit with. Because you know, there's a lot of kids who were like, you know, uh, I broke up with her. Well, why? And it's like, well, we, we, we disagreed on something and that was it. No, nah, man, you know what? Uh, we're going to disagree. Uh, we're going to have, we're going to have fights. We're not going to always get along, but go have a nap. We'll fix this when you're, when you're ready and clear headed. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and yeah, you're not going nowhere. I'll tie you to the fucking bed first. Go make yourself a sandwich. Get, get those hangry pains out. And while you're in there, make me one too. Absolutely, I wouldn't say that if she's mad, but you know. Yeah. Oh, shit. that's that's why I can't keep a woman. <laughs> no, it might uh, have something to do with your uh, your uncontrollable uh, flaccidness. I guess you can't you can't keep it up long enough. That's dude, the I, secret. That's the secret. It's not that's a secret. secret, dude. No, see, you're wrong. I'm part of the tuna can club. I might not be able to hit the bottom of the tuna can, but I can beat up the sides. <laughs> I met an old lady in a uh, awkward transition, Richard. I met I met an old lady well, with her husband, I should say, at a restaurant in Calgary a few years ago. My sister was with I can't remember what restaurant uh, Nando's. We were eat, we we're at Nando's, and she was with her husband, and they were like looking at us like, "Oh, how long have you guys Not been together?" Nando's. Sponsorship, please. Nando's, what up? 
uh, how long have you guys been together? We, we were talking, and like I think at that point it was like ten years or whatever. And she and I'm like, how about you? She's like, oh, sixty something years. I was hoping she'd say sixty nine. I could have made it up, I guess, for the sake of the story. But um, I'm like, oh yeah, what's what's the secret? <laughs> she's like, she's like the secret to longevity is keeping it hard. And I'm like, oh damn, and that came from the wife, dude. You know, keep it hard, and everyone's happy. Yep. Um, no, I, you know, I got, uh, May 21st to be, uh, 14 years together. And on that same day, some oddly, some years later, uh, we'll have eight years punched this year married. Wow. Yeah. We got married on the, you. because, you know, anniversaries are difficult. I don't need <laughs> to another day. I don't I even know. S- like somebody asked me the other day, they're like, how old are you going to be in a couple of weeks? And I went. Good question. I don't know if I'm going to be 33 or 34. And then I had to sit there and do this. Oh, yeah. I'll be 34. Dude, I keep making it 10 years. And then some the wheels fall off. And I always end up having two kids. I'm getting a vasectomy. So this way the next <laughs> one works out in my favor. <laughs> do you need... Okay, do you need someone to uh, assist you in that? Because, like, believe it or not, uh, through many uh, videos on TikTok and a couple of video games and uh, Operation, um, I am now a licensed doctor. I can do that for you. I will cut your nuts for you. Hey, Dick. Yeah. Just sit on a cactus. <laughs> uh, that's my finger, buddy. <laughs> I don't think he wants to, like, cut it. I just think he wants to, like, Touch it. I yeah. want the laser. I want the laser thing. Pew pew. It's so unintrusive. 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 Yeah, you're, you're in and out by lunchtime, and by the next day, you're ready to fucking shoot blanks. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. You see what uh, women have to go through to get their tubes done, and it's like, wow. And it's so unintrusive for a man. So it's literally. Walk in the next day, you're ready to rock and roll again. Well, here's the question. Why do we make women take birth control, considering you can have male birth control? Well, that's just it. Like, why do we make women have birth control that really screws with their hormones? Why don't men have their hormones? Dude, just just based on human physiology and the medication, they're 33% more likely to have a fatal blood clot than somebody not taking the medication. Ridiculous. I, I think, you know what? Women can't have children by themselves. Why aren't men having birth control? Yeah, yep. man. We can we can put a bulletproof vest on. Why or you know, why put a bulletproof vest on when you can take the bullets out of the gun? Touche. Touche. Right? Right? Why put the bulletproof vest on when you could just take the bullets out of the gun? Right? And Hey man, if this next one is a boy for us, the bullets are coming out. I'm no longer going to be shooting. We've had that. You have girls. What's that? Do you know why you have girls? Because I want a boy so damn bad. Because you fucking deserve it. (laughs) They make me feel like it all the damn time. Like they make you feel like, hey dad, guess what? We're making you not regret this decision. We're making you question your existence. <laughs> yeah. Girls are kicking around. Especially if they have a sassy mommy. Oh, shit. 
man, Aurora, dude. Like, 100% Casey. Looks department, everything. The attitude department, like, she's three going on 40. Like, she is going to jail soon, 100%. As soon as she turns 12, I think it's 13, right? Because at 12, you're expected to know the law in, inside and out. So I think at, like, 13, like, she's going to she's going to juvie at least first. <laughs> That's like my two boys. Roxton's going to be the, the evil genius. Or, no, Huxley's going to be the evil genius, and Roxton's going to be the cop that arrests him. Nice. I love that. It's kind of like, uh, what's that movie uh, with Joaquin Phoenix? Uh, we Own the Night. We, that was such a good movie. Fantastic movie. Um, I listened to a podcast the other day, actually, The History of the 90s. I don't know if you guys listened to it, but I love that one. And What's that? History of the Music with Alan something, Lastman, Coachman, something. No, this is like just history in the 90s, things that happened in the 90s. And there were the last episode was about the Viper Room, uh, Johnny Depp's uh, ownership of the Viper Room in LA or Hollywood. And they were talking about what the first fate, fateful night that happened at the Viper Room because it, it was a spot for all the celebrities to come and they knew they could get away from the paparazzi and whatnot and just enjoy themselves. And River Phoenix brought his two younger brothers there, one being Joaquin, and he dabbled a little bit into the drugs, and that was River Phoenix's last night alive. And you know that, and he was an actor. I think River Phoenix was an actor. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, just they were just talking about it, and I only talked about Joaquin for a second, so I figured, why not go down that avenue? I'm sorry, like anytime somebody brings up Joaquin Phoenix, people talked about him doing the Joker and stuff like that. I can't not unsee Johnny Cash. Yes. Yes. Walk the line. I'm telling you, like, there's some roles that. Uh, oh, you and ruin your career. Well, there's, well, there's some movie roles that actors have, actors and actresses alike have played that um, it's just the, the role of their lives, I guess, or the role that everyone remembers them for. Daniel Joaquin Phoenix walk the line for me. Perfect example of that in exponential stress. Adam Sandler. Billy Madison. Adam Sandler will always be the funny, dopey, derpy guy. Right? Yep. Till you see the movie Uncut Gems and he blows your fucking mind. Well, what about Spanglish? Get fucked. <laughs> Man, I tell you, that guy is a G. Like, he is straight up. Uh, you, you see so many celebrities going out of their way to be, like, away from the paparazzi or dressed for the part they want, not the part they have. And then you see Adam Sandler running around in, like, a pair of shorts and a t-shirt playing basketball all day. Yeah, track pants. He don't give a fuck. He looks like a homeless guy. And I love it. I'm for it. Hundred percent, man. I think at the end of the day, celebrities are cool and shit, but they're just people. We need to stop putting them on some kind of plateau, like they're something they're not. Yep. They're just people. I mean, obviously, some people abuse that, and we've seen that in the media recently uh, with some celebrities abusing their celebrity status. Example: Jacob Hogarth, who was found guilty of. 
sex crimes. He abused his powers, but um, he's one of the ones who took advantage. Uh, the cool regular guys, like you know, right here in Canada, you see just the regular guys who are making it, like Mercules, um, Dax. Like those guys are just straight G's. I just found out Dax is from Newfoundland. He used to be a janitor at a school. Yeah, that's crazy. And then he moved to fucking uh, where did he move to after Newfoundland? Um, there was a few different spots, but he he's from Newfoundland. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, he actually, uh, I think he was. Uh, could be. I could be wrong here. Correct me if I am. If you know better, I believe he was nominated for like a Juno, or he was he was nominated for an award for a song, Dear Alcohol. Good song. Big tune. Amazing. Amazing tune because I listen to it and I can reminisce to the lyrics because it's like I've felt this way. When I listen to that song, it's like, whoa, it's true. I've I've drank tried to drink away my problems. I've tried to drink myself to somebody that I didn't yeah. recognize because I wasn't happy with who I was. Yep. So it's like when I listen to that song, I'm like, damn. But then also, Mercules, um, he's a huge mental health advocate. And that guy is always keeping it 100 because he never, he never believes he's bigger than he is or he's someone that be placed on a pedestal. He's, hey, you know, stay humble, stay hungry, stay happy, work on your mental health, never stop improving. And that's someone you want to put up on a pedestal and appreciate. Yep, absolutely. Another guy like that is, uh, oh, well, he's not from Alberta, I don't think, but former oil patch worker, Tom McDonald. Yeah, he was, a, he's another person, like, you know, um, he goes through his own struggles, and I don't necessarily agree with all his stances on life, but nonetheless, he's living his life. I don't, uh, I don't disagree with him telling his truth and, you know, holding true to his values or who he is as a person. There's some yep. music he has that I absolutely love. There's even some lyrics. But, he's you know, catchy. He's creative. He's very, very lingual. He, he's, a, he's a good creator. Absolutely. I would not disagree with that in the least. Like when he was talking about like how we had to deal, deal with paper straws now and it's like, it's a plastic cup and a plastic lid, but a paper straw. What? Yo, I got I got to plug somebody right now because we're talking about Canadian artists, and there's a girl from Ottawa, and she's coming out with a new track on the 24th. Her name is Jamie Fine. Um, what's left is yours is the new track. It's I, I dude, I'm telling you right now, heed my words. If I would bet on any horse, I'm betting on hers. She. Oh, she's already had two bangers. I hope this is the third. What are your other ones? Make sure uh, you uh, remind me in case I uh, forget. Yeah. Uh, she's on TikTok, just promoting hard on TikTok. What's her TikTok? Jamie, Jamie Fine. Like F-I-N-E? Yep. Sorry, I have my phone. I'm gonna search her right now. Yeah, man. She and you know what? I I love it because she's not the norm, the quote unquote norm. She's not the Ariana Grande, Selena she, Gomez. I love her style already. You know who she reminds me of? So like, 
for those who can't see, I'm just showing you a picture for anybody just listening to the podcast or I'm showing her paused on my phone. You know who she reminds me of? Talk. And do you know he's Canadian as well? I did know that, yeah. That's yeah. So, Run away, away to Mars. He's well, yeah, I've been every day she's been dropping like the first bars of her song and I I'm craving the rest of this song. Um uh, there's a few artists who've done stuff like that. Um Billy Zimmerman. Is it Billy Zimmerman? Bailey, yeah. Bailey Zimmerman. Bailey, Bailey Zimmerman. That yeah. guy's a friggin' beast. Yeah, and there, there's a few of them. Uh Nate Smith, he's done that. And it works because people get amped to hear the rest of it. So you get little snippets, and then eventually you just hear that. I feel, I feel in country music, there's always the titans. There's always two big names every year. So like, I can remember when it was like three years of Toby Keith and Jason fucking Aldean, like going head to head. Right, right now, now, it's Morgan Wallen. Right now, it's Morgan Wallen and Bailey Zimmerman. Yeah. I'll tell you what. We can hash this out at any point. Morgan Wallen is the greatest musician in any genre in the last 20 years. <laughs> oh, dude, go Google Teddy Swims. Get I, I love <laughs> Teddy Swims. And in my opinion, Teddy Swims' voice is astronomically good. He is on a level of his own. Um, I love Teddy Swims. If you actually, if you go back through some of my older TikToks, um, at Bearded Dad Thirteen on TikTok, well, Double D, you follow me, and Richard, you follow me, but and do I? Follow I? <laughs> I do. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, if you go back through, so I, I love his style, man. Teddy Swims has just, he's the chubby bearded Macklemore, like when Macklemore did Thrift Shop, and you look at Teddy Swims' yeah. style. He's just the got- best way. The best way you can word it is if Post Malone and Chris Stapleton hooked up, you would have Teddy Swims. Hundred percent. Never even thought about that. But they when people were doing those transition videos to like, how do you look like your dad? And I, I did one of me, and it transitioned into Teddy Swims. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, it's not a far fetch. The beards, dude. Yeah, man, he his style is sick. I love his style. I wish I had his confidence. Who his else confidence. can cover? Who else can cover Shania Twain? And I'm telling you, that was my introduction to Teddy. And no, 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 no. Who's been? Have your boots been under? And whose heart did you steal? I wonder. And this town made me feel like thunder, baby. And whose bed have your boots been under? Another great Canadian artist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what? I thought you were talking about me. Speaking of Canadian music. Knock knock. Who's there? Nickelback. Nickelback who? Just kidding. Nobody wants to hear a joke about killing Canadian rock music. <laughs> oh man. I don't know if you listen to the podcast. Oh, of course you haven't. It's not out yet. But if you watch the live video of the Ed the Sock 
podcast. Uh, I know you were there, uh, Tyrell or Double D. Uh, you know, he actually dives deep into his feelings about Nickelback. He did. He did. <laughs> he did. He really did. I'll be honest. Again, just shooting shit with you guys. Um, I love Nickelback. I, I love Nickelback. Yeah, dude. Like, honest to goodness, I remember Nickelback when they first came out. And, like, I got to see them live in concert here in Fort McMurray at the Summerfest. And it was awesome. When the wildfire happened here, they stepped up to play in uh, in uh, Edmonton to raise funds for the uh, people who lost everything here in Fort McMurray during the 2016 wildfire. As, as did a lot of Canadian artists and international artists as well. But uh, I got mad respect for them. Good dudes. They were relatable and they made bangers, but here's the problem that I have with Chad Kroger and his crew. Every song sounds the fucking same. It's like, have you ever heard the song Pacabella's Canon in D? No. No. Na 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 times had together and as our lives change do you have the time like every song is based off of canon indie well like not every, not every song but a lot of songs like the the tempo the beat the 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 count right like it, i don't do know remember, uh, the video that those comedians came out with they were like it's a three chord song I can do any any song with these three chords. Have you That's ever seen that? Yeah, I've seen that. And and if you look at what the most sampled song in history is, I don't I can't remember what it is, but Google it. Google the most sampled song in, in history and like it's got like a few million samples anyway. And it's almost every fucking song we listen to and we like. Yep. Yeah, it's the same sound over and over and over again. Just the words change the same melody. I bet, I bet you I can get a song stuck in your head or make you start singing it. Never gonna with, give you up, never gonna let you down. Nope, with one word. Hey now. Nope. <laughs> two words. You ready? Yeah. Somebody Body once uh, told, told me, me the world is gonna roll me. Ain't the show in the shed. I was looking kind of dumb with my finger and my th- and the shape of it L on my forehead. Well, oh, yeah. the ears start coming and they don't stop coming back to the ground and I hit the ground running. Didn't Did make, make sense, sense to live for fun. Your brain gets my smart, brain but your head gets dumb. Head gets so much to lose, so much to see, so much to dream. But what does it so all mean? Wrong with it died if you don't go. You'll never. What? So much, so so much wrong with taking the back streets. You'll never know. It, 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 whatever. Yeah, I don't know. We fucked it up. Next verse, but you really screwed me up, and I was on a roll. I'm sorry. I, I was trying to reel you back in. Yeah. <laughs> so on the sports teams, go Blue Jays. Go Leafs. Go Oilers. Ah, fuck the Oilers. Connor McCoo. Hey, hey. Uh, oh, my God. 
Did you see yeah. that meme that's floating around? It's like uh, Austin who? And it's like, you know how they're like, um, Nuge has more points than, or more goals than. Uh, He's injured. He's injured. Leave the man well, alone. Like, I don't know if that's a Brian Nugent Hopkins or is that a. Like, like I, I kind of felt like that may have took a little dig at Nuge, but then I was like, well, no. Richard, you're you're never going to believe this, but I'm going to pick up for your Maple Leafs. Okay. What can Austin Matthews do that Connor McDavid can never do? Oh, shit, I don't know. <laughs> Not make the first round, I don't know. Grow a playoff beard. Oh, true. Uh, but hold on a sec here, though. Okay, so Austin Matthews, in a year where he's visibly injured and not playing very well, he's still gonna go up and put up forty goals. You know what I mean? The guy still who the guy has numbers that power forwards or forwards in general would kill for. You know what I mean? And he's injured. Yeah. Or or. And let's take a look at this. Let's let's take a look at his his actual numbers. You want to look at his numbers? Okay. So Austin Matthews hasn't been putting the puck in the back of the net very much this season, and he's almost at forty goals, which is like twenty less than last year, twenty four less than last year. But look at he leads the league in block shots. Austin Matthews is becoming something McDavid is not, which is an all around player he's becoming a 200 foot player austin matthews is gonna shoot score and block shots play defense austin matthews is the real deal the complete package fuck you connor mcdavid so what are you gonna do when he's not wearing that maple leafs jersey next year i don't give a fuck honestly matthews i in that same sentence the leafs will do just fine without him we have mitch marner and willie nylander man oh. i'm not sure how i feel about uh, Nylander, but uh, Mitch Marner, he can hold his own. Nylander is the only one who shows up in the playoffs. Come on. I will, I will say this in Connor McDavid's defense. Connor McDavid does shit in real life on the ice that I can't even do on fucking PlayStation. Yeah, that's fair. I'm telling you, it's it's crazy watching him go coast to coast and even in like uh, shorthanded goals and stuff or like anytime. <laughs> Really, when he when he goes to work, he goes to work. He goes to work. He puts them work boots on, and he's like, "Hey, boys, who's 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 got a tape measure? Oh, I got the tape measure too. Let's go." Yeah, it's like, <laughs> score three goals. I'm gonna get two assists. Hell, I might fight somebody. <laughs> that uh, that fight with uh, was that Ryan Nugent Hopkins kind of fight. Well, yeah, huge yeah. fought uh, Marner, wasn't it? No, Hall. Hall, yeah, he fought. That was fucking pretty good, actually. Like, I was like, don't hurt Hall. Hall's already a piece of shit, and we really should have traded him. But, like, you know, uh, hey, huge, go easy. Uh, honestly, all right, all right, all right. tenders, I did oh. not expect to throw down. But, like, kudos to them both for dropping yeah. the blow. Nuge was like, hey, I've got to answer to that hit. But I'm telling you, that right hand, that overhand right just connected. Oh, fucking right it did. That was deadly. All right, you're, you're, Justin, you seem like a diehard hockey fan. Yes? Um, not really. I, I'm getting back into it. But okay. I, I All right. Enjoy it. I was going to try to trigger you and have a nice little discussion. 
but we'll, we'll see if it works anyway. You you seem very vocal about Jacob Hogart and his actions and transgressions amongst the female community once he was young and famous. Yes? I mean... It, I have... it, it's a simple yes or no question. You, you didn't agree with it, right? No, I don't agree with it, no. I don't agree with it either, but yeah. the way you worded it earlier kind of set me off because I'm going to throw this one at you. What about Patrick Kane and the woman that he took to his apartment consensually and then she says, it's not consensual. What did you think was going to happen? You're going to play fucking checkers? <laughs> I mean, You're going to play uh, bedtime stories and lullabies? No, and 100%. I get what you're saying. Uh, and... I appreciate your opinion. I respect you as a person and I respect that you have an opinion on this. And in my opinion, um, how I felt about it or how I would feel about it is that you have to make sure in today's climate, you have to make sure it's absolute. Yes. That they understand that you understand what consent is. Bro, there's people out there that get a signed fucking contract that says, hey, I want to bang. And then they go, oh, uh, you coerced me into signing that. Like, there's so many people that cry wolf that, that play the game because I will tell you right now, anytime you play that game, you get access to an abuse fund. And that pays a lot of money to get you started in a new life elsewhere. I that know that personally. That that comedian that uh, had he had something similar happen to him. I can't remember his name now, but uh, you know he said it was completely consensual. They had hung out a few times, and then Crystalia. Heard happened? No, it wasn't Crystalia. He was a Middle Eastern dude living in New York. I think he's that sounds like Crystal. It sounds like Sean or oh, what's the other guy's name? Hey, I just want to say, I just want to say it took 50 minutes into episode 13 for us to have on this show uh, disagreement. And I hope we have a show after this, because last night, as as we learned from past uh, past things, uh, disagreements in podcasts, uh, you know, just usually dissolve things. So, <laughs> hey, guys, let's keep up the positive shit. Let's oh, I mean, I, one, one way, to, way to make it awkward, Richard. And two, <laughs> me, and, me and Justin, we're like fucking Ellen and George Bush. You might hate the gays, but you love me. <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm yeah. not, i'm never gonna i'm never gonna say you're wrong because you have feelings thoughts emotions and concepts and perspectives so in in no way is there going to be a winner in this discussion yeah. we're just shooting the shit and talking about it and making fun of the fallacy that is life boys hey man i'm just i'm just poking fun and having a good time you know no, and, and uh you know whatever so here, Still winter, let that bear sleep. So here's why I have, and, and I can explain that. Not that I feel I owe you an explanation respectfully. I just want you to understand my insight as you've provided me with yours. And You're so eloquent. I love you. <laughs> I love you too, buddy. Um, I respect you as a person, so I respect your opinion. And I think having differences of opinions is healthy because then we can open our mind and perception to other ideas. Um, 
but in my experience with Jacob Hogard, he came to my hometown. Um, he played in Stephenville Crossing. Uh, they played at a baseball field, and he actually had sexual relations with one of my classmates when she was 15, maybe 16. And I will say that this happened just as they released their first, maybe second album. Uh, it wasn't too, too much longer after he was on Canadian Idol. So I know from personal experience that he has or ha- at least had a thing for younger women. Girls, uh, really, at that age? Girls, girls. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hold girls. on, hold on, hold on. When you're 19 years old and you're surrounded by 15-year-olds that look like they're 21-year-olds, I'm not excusing it. Don't think it's justifiable or correct by my words, but it's fucking confusing unless you check ID. And, and 100%, I think when you're in that position, and again this is just my concept is that you need to have a leader or you need to have someone looking out for you so that you make these right decisions. It's not, you just need to be a person with a moral fucking compass. No. And and that's wholeheartedly, I get that, but morality doesn't come into the fact of legality. So when you're, when you're saying, you know, it's confusing because these girls look older do you ask for ID? Is the ID legit? Is there a chance that it's a fake ID? And and this is not victim blaming. This is just, you know, you need to have someone to set these boundaries for you because when you're up and coming and you're uh, that pedestal, right? We go back to that pedestal. When you, when you're put up on that pedestal, you're up here and you are King shit of Turdville. So you can have any of these women, or in this case, girls. One of my my close friends, a very close, close friend, is one of those women. So I, I, like, I'm playing devil's advocate. I, I, like, I'm totally, the guy's a creep. But, like, I'm just playing on the the idea of the gray area that is. Like, Richard, and just to attest to me, You'll know this when I when I bring it up. Do you remember Energy in Burlington? Uh the the club. Yep. Yep. Yeah, fuck that place. <laughs> <laughs> you know why I say fuck that place? Why? No. Ages, bro. And if you're if you're of age, you get a stamp that glows in the dark that you show the bartender to get drinks. So like you be you be you be up dancing. Just getting it, like getting it in, just rubbing your denim fucking dick on a girl, and then you spin her around, and you reach down, you grab the wrist, you look for that sticker, and if there's no sticker, you just slightly drop her hand and casually walk away, cause that's prison, bro. Robbing the cradle. Yeah, that's why I stayed in energy for all of fifteen five and a half seconds, and I was like, oh, there's all ages. I'm all the way out of here. Remember Roller Gardens? I don't know if you ever spent time in Roller Gardens in Hamilton. No, never oh, been. It was the, it was the skate rink, and it was, it was the roller rink, and we went all the time, man. And uh, nothing bad ever happened there, unless you went on a Saturday night. But Roller Gardens, man. Um, you know, I I never heard of any 
you know, sexual misconduct going down, but I heard of a lot of a beat, a lot of beatdowns going down. So, if I could resurrect one bar ever in history, Lulu's. I don't know what that is. It was the. It had the longest bar in North America, and it was how like. It's the Canadian version of the Blue Beacon from the movie, the TV show Nashville. It's like you go to this bar on a Saturday night, you could end up watching Aerosmith, you could end up watching Kiss. Like it, it was, you just never knew who was gonna be at Lulu's. That's pretty cool. Yeah. If I if I could vouch for any bar in North America to shut down, it'd be the Grizz. <laughs> <laughs> Second that. Second that. Well, boys, what's that? The oil can's already gone. Oh, shiggers, the oil can. can. Yeah. And Showgirls. Showgirls is gone too, isn't it? No, Showgirls is raging, buddy. Oh, shit. There's a strip club. Strip club in Fort Kent, 10 minutes from my house. And it's only like they only have exotic dancers on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Same it's a whole here. So they have showgirls open Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Or maybe it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't know. By the way, I heard the rumor has it that there is a one armed dancer. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, dancers with, with deficiencies, if you want to call them that. Uh, there's that midget stripper, and there's the one-legged stripper that are that tour around Tomahawk Edson area, right? And, you know, then you got the one-armed dancer. That'd be freaking sweet. I'd pay good money just to see the arm. I'd pay good money to see her make, da- like, climb the pole. <laughs> you guys are horrible, <laughs> but I'm not disagreeing with you. I want I want to pay someone money to find her other arm and start slapping people with it. You like that uh, crocodile from Happy Gilmore? Yes, yeah. So I want to back up for a second there, and you were talking about like putting these people on pedestals, right? And and I think we've had this conversation before, and, and it really came started coming up about in the last probably six, seven, eight months, whatever it is that where I started having this conversation and it really uh, intensified with the death of Bobby Hull. Right. And everyone's like, Oh, Bobby Hull, what a piece of shit. What a piece of shit. Well, yeah, Bobby Hall was a really horrible human being who was good at hockey. Right. And so, you know, Bobby Hall, you know, alcoholic woman beater, abuser, whatever you want to call it. And, um, Nobody asked these people to be put on pedestals. You know what I mean? The the public put them on pedestals. Absolutely. These people, if he's good at hockey, okay, let him play hockey. Morgan Wallen, look at cancel. He stared cancel culture in the face and come out on the other side swinging and better off for it. Whoa, right? whoa, 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 whoa. How 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 did he how did he accomplish that, Richard? Did you ask? By 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 putting out good music. Putting out good music. No. See, when Morgan Wallen was in his infancy, he decided to be a what's the word bigot piece of trash. Yep. And in doing that, he showed his solidarity by not only not making 
a, a, a well-awaited song his own. No, no. He just made himself a feature and gave it to an aspiring black artist. Weird, eh? Weird. Well, well, still, he still stared cancel culture in the face after being racist, after cheating on his pregnant wife. You know what I mean? Racist, uh, being racist and, and cheating on his pregnant wife were just a couple of things that, you know, he was he was heading down that path and people were like, whoa, let's step back from this guy, right? Now look at him. You've already said it. He is one of the world's biggest stars right now. Yes, he is. He, right? He He's is. everywhere. But also, you know, I, I will I will always say people have it's not my place to judge people or their situations. Uh, I try to my best not to judge people. Um and it's not always the case, you know, there's some bias um, yeah. and I do pass judgment. Sometimes I'm guilty of it just as much as anyone else. Um, it's, but what I will say is um, judge, not unless you be judged. <laughs> well, what I'll say is this. Um, he learned a valuable lesson from what he did. And as quick as I will say that, yes, he did that. I will also say that he took it upon himself to get educated and find. Uh, so he owned his truth. He owned what he had said. He apologized for it. Um, he didn't make excuses. You know, the, the question was raised that he was drunk or this or that. And he said, hey, no, I did it. Now I have to reap what I sell. And people say, oh, well, freedom speech. But it was, it was, he did it. What's that? He was smart, and he he very much did own it. That's I think that's the only thing that saved him. And you know, with with owning it, he got educated and uh, he learned from it. He learned a very valuable lesson from some pivotal black leaders uh, as to why it was wrong. He didn't make excuses for why he did it. He just straight up said, "Hey, I did it. I made a mistake, and I'm going to learn from it." And he learned a very valuable lesson. Freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom from consequences. He could have been very well canceled and that could have been the end of his career. Instead, he took it upon himself to own his truth. He learned a value, like I said, uh, he learned a very, very valuable lesson. And he came out on top because today he's a better person from the experiences because they became lessons in life. Absolutely. You, I know you're tuning in. And when you when you hear this, just know. You're not Eminem. And even Eminem doesn't say those kind of words in his music. And he's honorary black. I don't like Eminem. I love Eminem. I'm going to catch heat for this. And being someone coming from addictions and mental health, <coughs> I enjoyed his music more when he was high. I think a lot of people did. Just like Scott Whalen for me, when Scott Whalen was on Coke, oh my god, his show was awesome. He was a party animal, he was funny, and then he became he was sober and he was like, Oh, uh, this is this is this is adult contemporary music now. It's not a rock look at, show. Look at Motley Crue when they were when they were sober, when they after they got sober, right? They were they found themselves boring, right? Does that make does that make us the enablers though? Great question. We're, does that we, does that make us the enablers? How do we enable them? 
because they put out music and 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 put on shows and we're like nah we liked you better when you were when you were on uh alcohol and drugs and you were addicted so they're like shit did i lose it and do i have to get back into addiction just to be good again do we enable it yes you do (laughs) all right listen i'm I'm gonna catch some heat for this shit and so i'm gonna lose some friends for this shit well i'm gonna tell you right now like uh i'm not saying addiction is and ease no, I can't say that. Addiction's a fucking hard battle. But when you can conquer your own psyche and your you have your own controls, which some people aren't gifted that strength, um d- drugs are awesome. Like <laughs> I told you this is gonna go south real quick, Richard, so Fucking shut it. <laughs> he did give us warning. He did give us warning. He did an hour ago. Yep. <laughs> look where look at our standpoint twenty years ago on marijuana. Oh no. Drugs are bad. That's you, that's my Richard Nixon impression, because that's the guy that fucked it all up. Do you remember the uh commercials from our younger days when it was like uh, This is your brain, this is your brain on drugs? No, the uh She's just deflated. This is all she does. She just sits on the couch now. She's not fun anymore. And it shows a girl like literally deflated sitting on a couch. Yeah, and that that's perfect if you're going to show somebody an Indica commercial. But show me a Sativa commercial where the girl's fucking wiling out doing all the dishes and laundry. Because right. her <laughs> doesn't hurt anymore. Because the CBD and the Sativa helped her out. Anyway, we're learning this as we go. We're like, there's THCA. That's what gets us high or 11 hydroxy metabolite when you eat it. But now there's THCB, THB, THCC and THCD. We're just going down the alphabet, aren't we? And then like, and now I'm super stoked that Canada has its own production facility. That's overseen by the pharmaceutical industry because like they're making the best cocaine on earth in Canada <laughs> in Michigan um, what in, a alive in BC just, like, right like, yeah the standard has to be some regulatory process and there has to be some government oversight just because this is a newer thing but I'd really like to see government get less involved with cannabis uh we're what uh five years into legalization i disagree six years five years there there needs to be a a level of oversight to make sure that you know things are safe and yada 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 and then production rules or whatever does identification number on the package what's that does it have a drug identification number on the package well, I mean, like, the one thing that really irks me is, like, edibles. It's a 10 milligram limit. Like, what the hell? You eat the whole pack? You eat, like, five, six packs just to get anything. That's that's my beef. It um, does not look it. But I, I, what Drew, I believe was... Drew, your, your brother there, Double D, he, he has, he's just like a pack, and they were, like, 50 or 60 milligram packages, like, per edible. 
yeah and, uh you can get them online you can get a pack of 500 milligrams it's 10 pieces at 50 milligrams per piece and they're like 16 dollars online but the, the government regulations at local dispensaries say that you can only have 10 milligrams so it's like why am I going to go there and waste four or five dollars per package where I'm going to have to eat, you know, six, five, six packages to feel anything when I can go online and get cheaper? But you yourself are, are I, I think I see your argument, but like my, the gears in my head are spinning a different way. Government paved the way for marijuana to be able to be sold. So let them keep their fingers in it. Let them run these stupid, shitty stores. But by allowing that, you have now kicked open the fucking floodgates of the ability to buy your shit online. Yeah. Right? So, like, there's... Hey, thank you, Trudeau. You're the godfather of weed for Canada. Is that the only thing we can thank him for, really? And blackface. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't count because he gave a half-assed apology. So because he gave a half-assed apology, he's allowed. I'm going to throw this to these fearless viewers. If you dig deep enough on a social media platform that has me on it, you might find me dressed as blackface from... 15 years ago when I emceed a wedding as the one, the only Antoine Dodson. Oh, you're a racist now. People are going to find it. It's coming. You're going to be labeled a racist. But I mean, look at, look at this. And, and I don't like to draw comparisons because it's not always so clear cut. I think we need to look at everything on an individual basis. Don Cherry uttered the words, these people or you people, you people, you people. So he said, you people, and he got crucified. He got hung out to dry. The CBC canceled him. Hockey Night in Canada, he lost his position, everything. He, he refused to step down for a bit. Like, but then you got the leader of the country, who's a fake feminist. He's not a real liberal or a libertarian at all. And it's clear-cut to see. Like, if you look through any of Trudeau's history as the uh, Prime Minister of Canada, you can tell very clearly that he's not actually a feminist. But um, you, you know, you get one guy who dresses up as blackface, and you get one guy who says two words. What's more offensive? Why are we triggered by words, but we're not triggered by someone dressed in blackface making well, a mockery of Don a whole race. Don Cherry's seat in power was just a visual presence, not an actual seat of government. Um, he, he, much like the chagrin of Morgan Wallen, the people giveth and the people taketh away. Unfortunately, the people that tooketh away were you people at CBC. Yeah, yeah. Did with, you guys see the video surfacing with, of Trudeau right now? Um, with, back sorry. it up. We, we flipped the script a little bit. Technically, 
if Justin Trudeau said, hey, no, you guys can't fire him, they would have to listen because doesn't the CBC get financed by the Canadian government? Well, the CBC, Weird. they don't, right? It's owned by the government of Canada. Weird. Don't they, don't they get a, didn't they get like a $25 million bump in the last federal, um, yep. uh, whatchamacallit there, the fucking budget? They got, a lot of media outlets got a large financial bump. Um, and unpopular opinion, Trudeau, this bill, can't remember the bill number, but he's saying if like uh, places like Yahoo or Google News or anything, if they're quoting or using Canadian content, that those who are creating the content, like say, Back to Gabrielle Celeste. So she's the correspondent from CBC that oversees everything in the U.S. Um, but if they are using CBC's content, they have to credit CBC and they have to pay them. So all the advertising money that, say, Yahoo would get, they have to give a portion of that to Global News or a portion of that to CBC because um, it's crediting them and paying for their journalism, which I don't disagree with. I think they should be. It's like when Apple came out with Apple Music, they weren't going to pay artists to stream their music. And then enough people went, no, we're not having it. We're not going to allow our content to be on there. And then they were like, okay, we're going to pay you, you know, a half a penny per stream. That's fucked up. Yeah. Well, you think it is, but like you look at some of the songs that are streamed, like some of the more popular music, and it's got millions, sometimes billions of streams. And it sounds like, well, the artist is getting screwed on that one, but it turns into like a $5 million royalty paycheck. Is it really that bad? I mean, yeah, kind of. Like, how much money did they could they have made, though, right? You know, I mean, yeah, sure, they got $5 million, which is more than you and I will ever see. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how much more could they have been rewarded had it not been for that? No, and, and I wholeheartedly I get that. But in today's world, you're not going to sell an album like you did Hundred percent. Fifteen years ago, the world's gone digital. So, how much did it cost you to produce that album, make that album, get well, the album work? Everything's digital. That like it's the amount of overhead has significantly decreased to match the offset of the revenue generated. Well, that and you know you're looking at an album. I think Ed Sheeran had one of the most popular, most streamed songs of yeah. And uh, ever, and when you sit down and do the Nickelback, you remind me. (laughs) But if you if you sit down and look at the numbers of how much streams one of the songs got, and then how much royalties they've earned because of subscribers, because of people who downloaded the content or streamed the content, it turns into a huge, huge payday, and that's going to continue on. Because that music's going to be on that platform for years and years and years to come. So as some of these older songs that, you know, most people wouldn't listen to anymore, come on these apps. 
What's that? Nothing. Uh, but like some of these older songs that, you know, the three of us would listen to, whereas a 13 year old today wouldn't listen to, like Limp Biscuit, throwing back to Fred Durst days, Limp Biscuit, Slipknot, Corn, those guys. While they're less relevant in today's society, what? Are you totally out of touch? Dude, everything from the 90s is on fire right now and coming back. Like, if you, like, are you, are you not on TikTok seeing all these old songs come? I, fuck, I just did a Limp Bizkit song. But they are, wholeheartedly, they are coming back. But by being on these digital platforms, now those artists are getting royalties and getting paid again for music they released 20 years ago. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not always a negative. So when you look at the digital era, you go, well... It depends can't... on the contract. Because some artists are locked into the EP, yeah. whereas once EP production stopped, the royalties stopped coming in, and then the label now owns that music, yeah. where they produce it digitally, there is no royalty to be paid to the artist. Which, yeah, and in those cases, that's absolute shit. I don't disagree with you, but I'm saying like for those that are did get the good contracts, like look at Justin Bieber. He just sold his entire music library for what was it like a half a billion dollars or something? Good for that Cambridge resident. <laughs> yeah, like he sold his whole entire music library. All hold on, hold on, and everything. Hold on, did you just dox Justin Bieber? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Shit. I'll, I'll give his full fucking address if you want it. Do it. Put it up. Let's get him. Let's get him uh, some visitors. Let's get some neighbors to take him some humble pie. I believe it's 3615 Rural Road 4, Puss Lynch, Ontario. Well, technically. There you go. Well, I guess this uh, this podcast is officially on a watch list. Yep. <laughs> We're all going to get. Told me to do it. What's that? You you gave me the green light. Ah, oh, this podcast was on a federal watch list. We're back in episode three with Chris Barber, so I don't care. I was gonna say the feds have been watching since Barber. The feds have been watching. You know, there's actually not a lot of downloads coming out of Ottawa, which is weird. Um, no. Lightly touching on that Chris Barber situation, that decision. You know, these these. Uh, repertoires or special repertoires that Trudeau keeps assigning. Yeah. Now we just uh, assigned one for the uh, funding from the Chinese the, the in, into the elections, election mingling. He just assigned yep. one of his ex-buddies. Like, and, and it is a conflict of interest. I conflict think so. You, you want to talk about money as a conflict of interest? How about the fact that he's let China practice military maneuvers in the fucking Northwest Territories for the last three years? Are you We're fucking going to red dawn our ass? What, why not give them a key to the kingdom on how to invade us? Figure it out. You, oh, he does good things. He does dumb things. He does good things. <laughs> 
He does dumb. Well, well, this brings me back to what I was saying, trying to say earlier about how you guys seen that video servicing around TikTok right now about how Trudeau uh, was talking to a bunch of firefighters about the flat Earth theory. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I yeah. was, I was like, is this real? Like, did someone yeah. do a sound over? Is this actually real? Yeah, and Trudeau, Trudeau's like, I, I, you know, the Earth is very clearly round, but you know, they actually have me thinking, you know, like. And that's how, and then, you know, how, what he brought it back to, he's like, you know, the, the masses, you know, uh, have people thinking and it's when, when, you know, flat earthers aren't the problem, but it's when you get like 10 other people that come in and like, Oh, maybe this idea is right. And then he brought it back to fucking vaccines. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? All right, hear me out. Don't jump all over me, but where's Tom Cruise nowadays other than the movie Maverick? Where's he being? Nowhere. Nowhere. My thought. Tom Cruise is just dressed up t- to be this character known as Justin Trudeau. And when it's all said and done and over with and he's ousted, he's going to pop out and be like, ha ha, Scientology, bitch. <laughs> well, they do look alike a little bit. No? But do you, but do you think Maverick would have took that shot from that firefighter that got knocked the fuck out? <laughs> what? I don't know. Trudeau when he when he fought that firefighter in that boxing thing. Oh yeah, I got laid out. He got domed. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you put a drama teacher in a boxing ring. <laughs> Imagine when you put him in fucking parliament. Ooh. He needs to do a meme and put Pierre Polivre's uh, face on that guy's body. <laughs> someone I think someone already has done that. Oh, yeah. um, I I was watching. I was listening to um, True North, and uh, they were talking a bit about Polyev the other day. I think it was on Wednesday or Thursday, because they have a podcast, and I just catch the highlights. And uh, there was something. There was there's a conservative right, or there's a riding in Ontario that has a by election coming up, and the conservative standout was disqualified for not I, I don't know exactly what the reason was there was something with his application process they're allowing um, but they said that's why he was disqualified but uh, people are saying you know um, oh it's because Pierre Polyev doesn't want someone who's pro-life on his team but then you look at Melissa Lance Lance oh, Melissa Lanceman she's all yeah. she was all over TikTok man she's she's Pierre Polyev's right-hand man no pun yep. intended but I mean, like, she's a a gay Jewish woman. Yeah. She's Pierre Polyev's lit, literal right-hand man. That's why she's the uh, she's in line to be deputy PM if Pierre wins. Yep. I like Melissa Lansman. She's got some snarl, man. I Dude, love she's her. She's fucking fire. And her TikToks, like, she really pushes yep. common sense that should be common sense that's not co- well I mean what's common it, sense right what is this common sense you speak of exactly what's common Inter- sense guys what are we looking at where is it dick how is it that I'm talking to you right now and a, a notification came up that you posted something on another social media platform scheduled well, well yeah uh, scheduled what uh what platform uh, the Book of Face. 
Okay. So yeah, I schedule a lot of my posts when like when I'm at work or when I'm going to be, you know, on a job somewhere and, and, you know, so I, I schedule posts. I have a, an app that does that actually uh fucking business suite, I think it's called. And, you know, you can schedule a post to go everywhere. TikTok has yet to come out with a scheduler. Um, unless you're on the piece on the, on a PC. Um, even YouTube has a scheduler. Even Instagram has a scheduler now. So let's let's switch gears a little bit because I am the co-host and I'm allowed to do stuff like this. Okay. Justin, mm-hmm. is there anything you want to talk about? Wide open, buddy. Wide open. Wide open spaces. So, just mistakes. So. <laughs> Here's a good question for you guys. The three of us are immigrants to Alberta. We've all been born and raised elsewhere. Where'd you come from? Um, where'd you go? And how'd you get here? Where'd you come from? Where'd you go? Where'd you come from? Come from that, 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 that's where, that's where my mind started going when I was <laughs> Double D, you take this one first, bud. Well, I started off in St. John's, Newfoundland. I lived there till I was 15 years old. Then I moved to Cambridge, Ontario, floated around to a couple of cities in Ontario for the next 20-odd years. Then I made my way to beautiful Delta, British Columbia, where I hung out for a little bit and realized it wasn't for me. And then I moved to Alberta, where I now reside, and I love love life. That's beautiful. Um, I'm from beautiful Hamilton, Ontario. You know, you can breathe in and, and smell that fresh air every time you're, you're a there. Girl, a girl told me to kiss her where it stinks. So I drove her to Hamilton and we made out for four hours. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Home of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So anyways, uh, from Hamilton, um, like, like this guy i moved out to bc at first i was in uh shit what's that town i was in rocky no no what's that point point port moody port moody bc i was in port moody bc for a little bit you know i moved out there while they were building for the 2010 olympics so i was doing some construction around there and whatnot and you know i i I don't know what happened. I can't remember why, but we, we moved on to Banff and we worked in Banff for a little while at a resort. Casey and I, Casey had family out in BC. That's what brought us there. And that's probably what ended up drove us away too. So, you know, we, we ended up in Banff and we worked at a resort for a few months and I was not the type to clean or do anything at a resort. And so, you know, that was, that was cool and all. It was fun, good times, but then, you know, we, it was time to move on. So we, we went to Saskatchewan we were in Saskatoon for, geez, a couple of years, three, four years anyway. And then uh, we decided, hey, I'm done in Saskatoon. We didn't have a car in Saskatchewan, Saskatoon, anywhere there. Not a good place to be if you don't have a car. So Circle Drive is now complete. They were building it when I was there. I lived here. I worked here. I had to go all the way around the city just to get to work. And, uh, you know, nowadays when I go back, it literally takes me five minutes to go from my house to where I worked, right? Instead of an hour and a half. I used the time on the bus to sleep, so I didn't give a fuck. Sometimes I'd even take, I, I'd transfer buses so I'd have a longer time to sleep. So, uh, yeah. So, I uh, then we moved to, I think we moved back to Ontario for a tiny bit. 
And then it was, okay, let's move the fuck out of here. So we, we moved to Edmonton where we moved, where we lived in Edmonton for six years. And, uh, yeah, I, I worked out in the patch the whole time I was out in Ontario. And then, uh, before I even moved from Saskatoon back to Ontario and then, um, so we hit Edmonton and then it was like, after six years there, we were like, Hey, you know what? We should, we should move home. We have a kid now. Let's move back to Ontario. Cause you know, family is there and we didn't have any family around us growing up, like no grandparents or anything like that. So why not have that for our kids? And so we went back to Ontario and lo and behold, Hey, family didn't help. So, you know, um, it was spent the next two years looking for a way back out. And then we came to Calgary and now we're, we're, we're in Calgary for the last almost two years. And well, you're, yeah, call it two years. By the time we move again, we're moving, we're moving to Edmonton right now. We're, we're at the end of the school year. Cool. Yeah, man. What about you? Well, you already um, said that you were from Newfoundland, but how did you make that move? So, uh, when I was really young, I was still in grade school. My parents spent some time in Halifax, so we were back and forth. Um, so, grew up in Newfoundland. Um, moved to Ontario for the summer after my grandfather died in 2009. Um, tried Ontario. I was living in Scarborough, and a lot of people are like, ooh, Scarborough. I love the area I worked in, like I lived in. Um, it, was, it was a great area. I was not far from the Cedar Bray Mall, like literally a hop, skip, and a jump. I was on the corner of Lawrence Avenue East and Scarborough Golf Club Road, just down by the uh, Giant Tiger there. And uh, it, it was like, I, I like it. What? You lived in the suburbs. Of course you didn't mind it. Yeah. So, uh, no, like, I, I enjoyed Scarborough. Um, it just wasn't for me. At that time, I, like, you know, I had a driver's license, but I didn't have a vehicle um anything like that so it was very difficult for me getting around and it was culture shock because you know you go from a community of six to eight thousand people on a good day to you know you you go to 70 80 90 people in the food court and it's like whoa this is overwhelming and then you go to the bigger malls and there's like four or five hundred people in the food court and you're like this is insane so um it didn't work out for me. I went back to Newfoundland where uh, my wife today, who was my girlfriend at the time, was going back to uh, Grenfell campus of Memorial University. So uh, I ended up back in Newfoundland. What's that? I said going to Mumbai. Smart girls go to Mun. Yeah. The, Sorry. The Mun girls got the Muns. I, ADHD. I get it. <laughs> but uh, no, we tried that for a bit. And then uh, we said, you know what? Newfoundland's not for us. We just didn't feel really at home there because she had spent most of her adolescent years in Ontario. So we said, let's go to Nova Scotia. It's a happy compromise. We're out of Newfoundland. We're close enough that we can come home if we want to for a weekend. But we can go try Halifax. We ended up in Dartmouth, which is right across the bridge. Um, we stayed there for almost three years, two, three, two years, two and a half years, something like that. But uh, we went back to Newfoundland for a little bit. And then uh, it kind of just happened for us to come out here because her mom and her stepdad 
are out here and they were talking about their tenants moving out of the basement. And uh, I've, I've just jokingly said, oh, look at that perfect spot for us to move into. And uh, her mom's like, oh, you guys want to come to Alberta? And I was like, well, at the time I was between jobs. My unemployment was running out. And I was like, you know, it's lots of opportunity there. So why not? And uh, nine years later, here I am. I'm still here today. I love Alberta. I think after probably about two years, I want to say it was late 2015, early 2016, where I was like, I'm not a newfie anymore. I self-identify as an Albertan now. I went and Same. bought cowboy boots. And I was like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. I got the cowboy boots. I got the flannel. I got the jeans. Nope. We're still newfie. Talking newfie pride right here. I love Newfoundland. I miss the place. I, well, here, here's something for you. What if I told you this is like I wish I had money. Whoa, why did my phone go sideways? All right, sorry, boys. <laughs> um, what if I told you about a business opportunity that you could invest in that this company has not made a cent in the last three years, yet their shares keep rising? I mean, I I definitely listen to your opportunity. I wouldn't say no. I'm always well. I'm telling you right now. I'm not going to fucking be secretive about it. I'm letting the viewers in on this too. I'm just not going to give the name off the off this podcast. I'll tell you the name of the company. But there's a company in Newfoundland that was digging. Fuck off, phone. Um, that was digging. Sorry, coring central newfoundland to see if they could find oil under the island cool right why not it makes sense the grand banks is right there maybe there's another deposit underneath the granite wait did i just say granite what lies with granite does anybody know janet gold diamond well also, lithium apparently resides within granite as well. So when they were coring, instead of finding an oil deposit, they found rich veins of gold, lithium, and diamond. So this company, whose shares were three, like, tenths of a cent two years ago, their shares are now $4.58, and they've spent over like $500 million just exploring to find what, what they could find and acquiring land masses surrounding it. 100%. Like, I believe there's a lot of... Um, my, my, issue, my issue isn't with Newfoundland or the people of Newfoundland, maybe not even the government of Newfoundland. Um, my concern is with the environmental processes like i'm so being that i'm from the west coast of newfoundland um born and raised in stephenville but my family are from are on the port of port peninsula um my great grandmother lived in chief's cove and something that's happening there right now that i'll shed a little light on and people can come up with their own opinions is a wind farm for so uh wind energy um, horrible well, that's just it. It's a hot topic right now. Um, a lot of people are against it. They're protesting it. They're dead set against it. And then there's some people who are for it, who are job for, you know, for the job creation. 
Um, there's people who I know personally work for it right now. And then there's people I know who are protesting it right now. Um, the environmental process is a pain in the ass in Newfoundland. That's my big concern because anytime there seems to be a bit of money coming around, it seems like there's so many regulations thrown up. Like they drilled for oil out on Shoal Point. Right on the nose, bud. Right on the nose. They they drilled for oil out on Shoal Point, which is um, a, a, again out on the Port of Port Peninsula, and um, they just they found oil, and basically the company said, "Yeah, there's too much process, and there's too much protest, and there's too much fucking around. We're out." So my cons my concern, like you know, you even see that guy who went on um, was it. Shark Tank or Dragon's Den or whatever the heck it's called. Um, Dragon's Den. And he went in looking for X amount of money because he got left a very substantial chunk or deposit or he bought it from someone he'd worked for. There's a whole story behind it. But uh, when he went on Dragon's Den, the Newfoundland government went, wait, you found black granite? And now they've tied him up in so much legalities that he can't even pull anything from that quarry. So, this is not just isolated to Newfoundland. Me and four friends of mine, we were going in on a joint venture to salvage sunken lumber from an old lumber industry from 100 years ago. <laughs> the wood to which that we found is known as red pine. Have you seen red pine? No, you haven't, because it's a hard fucking wood to come by. It's very expensive. For a 60-foot caber, it costs about $10,000 a foot. No, $1,000 a foot. Yes, $1,000 a foot. Jeez. So, needless to say, we found over a 1,000 of these logs at the bottom of a lake and a riverway. On the north side of the river and lake, it was all resident, well, like cottages. On the south side of the lake, it was crown land. Sorry, you, I missed what you said on the other side of the lake. It was what? You froze up there. It was like residential. It's like where people oh. live, like cottage country. Uh-huh. Like Muskoka. Yeah, that's exactly where it is. Well, the Corthas. Anyway, um... On the south side, it was uh, crown land. So I went in and I like I had all my T's dotted, all my I's crossed. And I went in and I gave a wicked proposal. I did a supplementary proposal business plan for the release of hydrogen that will be emitted from the logs based on recovery. I had everything literally ready to go. Except I didn't disclose the location. He's got some pussy over his shoulder. Hey. Hey. Meow. Because I wouldn't disclose the location, other than the fact of the geography of where it was, I got fought tooth and nail. Because I guarantee you, if I had to let anybody know where all those logs are, some other company would be able, would be slinking in and doing it all underneath me. Oh, yeah. The 
rubs it in. And to this date, those logs are still there. So I'm going to wait till the government changes in a little while, and then I'm going to go back and reapply and see. But the reason that they gave me was if I lift a log on the north side of the lake and it causes a domino effect with the other underlying logs and it moves a log on the crown land, I'm disturbing a natural ecosystem. Hmm. But look at what they're doing in Muskoka right now. Anyways, they're destroying cottage country. Yes, they are. They're, they're killing it. Um, you know, they're putting in multi-million dollar cottages on this lake. They're building mansions. They're building what, what they're building are mansions. They're not even cottages, right? And they're destroying everything around it. They're doing, they did the same thing in Newfoundland. Oprah Winfrey actually owned a cottage in Newfoundland. And uh, you see like Humber Valley and all the resorts and stuff that's near Marble Mountain. And it's like, you call this a cottage? This is a what cottage. Word? My house isn't this big, bro. One word Aspen. Colorado, yeah. Yep. Well, look That's at like look at beauty, a ski and snowboard mecca. And now it is literally like going down Clifton Hill in Niagara Falls. Yeah, Niagara Falls, man. Like you you leave Clifton Hill and Niagara Falls, the town is ghetto as fuck. Dude, there's only like 12,000 people that live in Niagara Falls. You know that, right? Yeah, but it's still ghetto as fuck. It's ghetto right? as fuck. You a- leave Clifton Hill and it is sad. But a fun fact, if you uh Justin, you've been to Niagara, right? I haven't, no. Oh, poo. Well, you won't get the reference. If you've ever been to Clifton Hill, it's all like amusement and carnival and wax museums and candy mountains and arcades and eateries. And not Ripley's anymore, but... No, but oh, like... Anymore? No, they pulled out. <laughs> um, I went to the Alamo in San Antonio, te- in, or in, in Texas... And um, it was just like I was on Clifton Hill. Like, all the same shit was there. Wow. It was really weird. Turning historic points into just just fucking commercializing the shit out of it. Well, right across, like, maybe an eight-minute walk from the Alamo is this thing called the Riverwalk. And it is literally like an outdoor shopping mall with a river that runs right through it with boats and everything that you can get, like, river taxis up to your destination. That's and, cool. Yeah, it's it's a really beautiful idea and setup. Like, I had bubblegum shrimp on the Riverwalk in Texas. Mm, did you say bubblegum shrimp? I'd say bubblegum shrimp. Did is bubblegum shrimp still open in the West End? Yeah, it yep. is. Yep, it's not as good as uh, bubblegum anywhere else because it's Canadian. But uh, you you go to bubblegum. I've been to bubblegum in Florida. I've been to bubblegum in um, L.A. And then you go to bubblegum in West End, and it's just it's a disappointment. But it's still it's still an experience. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. I feel like Bubba Gum Shrimp in Florida would be good because fishing in Florida was pretty baller. Well, it, it is. It's pretty good. but And the one in California is really good too. 
Do you know what restaurant I really liked in Clearwater, Florida? What? Hooters. You know what restaurant I really liked in Florida? CeCe's Pizza. $6 all you can eat. Yeah. Yeah. America, America's restaurant scene is pretty dope because it's so cheap. KFC is $9 all you can eat buffet chicken. Well, they have that in Canada, only one spot, and that's in Way in Wayburn, Saskatchewan. And I've gotten to eat there. What? I don't even like the Dirty Bird, but I did it. How much is it per person? 18 bucks in Wayburn. Nice. I got a great spot for you guys to check out if you're in the Edmonton area. Um, I, think it's, I think it's out in St. Albert. Um, could be mistaken. It's called The Loft by Valley View Farms. Oh, Check that out. My God, the loft! You gotta just just Google the loft and go. They uh, they raise all their animals, so everything is like farm fresh. They have fresh eggs. When you get bacon, it's bacon that they've raised and butchered and prepared. It's the bomb. There's the a restaurant that just opened in Calgary called the Strip Joint. It's a uh, it's gourmet chicken strips. Really? Like designer baskets of strips. They have like a, a flaming hot Cheeto chicken strip. That's in Calgary? Yeah. It's called the strip joint. I'll have to check that out. There's a really good uh, pizza joint in Edmonton. I, I only know where it is in St. Albert, but there's apparently a couple of them around. And it's called C, uh, not C, uh, C, 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 it's called uh, Nisa's Pizza. Yeah, you've been to America a bunch. Have you ever had yeah. Sbarro's? Sbarro? Oh, fuck yeah. They have a couple Sbarro's in, in, in Alberta, man. They got one in West Ed Mall. I love Sbarro's. Yeah. Sbarro's uh, is the shit. I went to the one in New York City. See, I got a self-cleaning pussy. Ooh. And for those of the cat's cleaning itself in the back. I wish my fleshlight would do that. Dustin. Yes. How many wings does a black rooster have? Two. How many feet does a black rooster have? Two. How many eyes does a black rooster have? Two. How many whiskers are on a white cat? Um. Seven. I, I know Six, where you're going. Eight. If I had to guess, like, 12 to 14, but I'm, I'm going to ruin your punchline, and why do I know so much about black cock but nothing about white pussy? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a point. <laughs> I'm beating you, too. He's really beating you off. Yeah. Shut up, or I'll beat your dick off. <laughs> okay, guys. Off. There's no point in beating off a dead horse. Shut up, I'll, I'll let you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, uh, you said you're looking at moving the end of the school year. Have you and Casey started looking at places yet? Is oh, any, yeah. yeah. Any We're looking that have caught your attention? Well, we we don't really care at this point. We're actually looking in Toefield at the moment. Great location, close enough to the city that you can get there in a, in, in a half hour, less than 45 yep. minutes. 
Yeah, and there's a great candy store that's opening up there. Would be a fantastic place to live near. Uh, you know, uh, the and sour make, moose. Yeah, and it would make visits that much easier because then I would only have to visit one place and see two yep. of my favorite people. Yeah, yeah, and and we're we're actually going to be there over Easter. We're going to be visiting Chris over Easter. So there you go. Yeah, exciting. Uh, the seventh, April seventh. Richard. Yeah. I'm off April second to the seventeenth. Why do you have so much time off? Because I work a month on and I take two weeks off. Oh, okay. No, that's good. Um, we'll be in Edmonton from like the fifth to the eighth, I think, or whatever it is. Call me. I'll come see you. Oh, call me, Miso Honey. Me love you a long time. Me love you a long time. So I have a date with my boys, and we are going to see the Super Mario movie. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Same. I was going to say the same. I can't wait to go see that. You know what's hilarious, though? Have you seen that movie that's in theater? Or not have you seen the movie, but you've probably seen the commercials, too. Cocaine Bear. I've, I've heard of it, yeah. I actually pre-ordered the Funko Pop of the Cocaine Bear. It's just a bear with a bloody leg in its mouth. Okay. Okay, now I gotta ask. Okay, so when did this Funko Pop uh, collection of yours start? What was your very first one? And what's the significance of collecting them? Like, what's, what's the end goal here? So, for me, personally... Um... My very first one is kind of what got me started. And uh, excuse me for a second. This was my very first one. Um, and the significance goes back to my son, which is why I was so heinous to be episode 13 and have the 13 tattooed behind my ear. It's because it's the day I lost my son. Um, and then my brother-in-law bought me Jack-Jack. Because my son's name was Jack. And he bought me Jack-Jack, uh, the Funko Pop, for Christmas one year. And I never really did anything with the Funko Pops. And Jack-Jack um, was number one. And I, I really had no interest in a while for a while. And then the second one I got was this guy, who I also took out of the package. And it's Jason, the Red Power Ranger. Nice. Yeah, so that's kind of where it started for me. Um, and then again, I had these two for months before I really started getting into collecting. And then my wife and I went into GameStop. And one of my favorite wrestlers from when I was a kid, Eddie Guerrero. There was a Funko Pop of Eddie Guerrero in the Lowrider. That's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, it was cool as shit. So I was like, this is awesome. And my wife's like, if you don't get it, you're going to regret it. So she's like, you really should take it. And I was like, all right. And that's kind of where it started. Because that was the motivation to start collecting. And then I, I guess I traded one addiction for another. Because I went from alcohol to Funko Pops. Love um, it. Yeah. <laughs> quite the change up. Nonetheless, about the same amount of money spent. Um, <laughs> that's, that's but ironic that you say that because I went from like I, I had problems in two, 2005 
and I overcame them. And I supplemented them with baseball cards. Heck yeah. Um, and in 2011, I bought, like, that's when I really went crazy for collecting. And I bought um, 10 boxes of Topps Update. Now, I don't know if you know anything about anything about anything, but that's the most revered baseball rookie card of our generation, which is Mike Trout. Okay. I ended up with six Mike Trout rookie cards and two Diamond Jubilee rookie cards. Um, cumulatively, now, like in today's market, I'm looking at about $80,000. Nice. Wow. So, nice. That's, yeah. that's amazing. So, um, yeah, I guess I just, I don't know, I, I, I dove into Funko Pops, and I'm not one of the stereotypical collectors because a lot of people go for certain sets. They're like, I love oh, collection. I absolutely getting- love it. Like, you're so all over the place with your collection, but it, yeah. it's. It, it's a perfect, <laughs> excuse me, sorry guys. I believe it's a perfect representation of who you are, what you stand for, and what you're into as a person. It, I, I, to me, Funkos are like tattoos for you. 100%. Oh, yeah. they're, they're an extension of me. And people say, like, when I say I'm not the stereotypical collector, like, I don't go for all anime or stuff like this. I go for stuff that Justin likes. And so like, I've got a few wrestling ones. Like I've got Rob Van Dam, Dusty Rhodes, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, just to name a few more. All new stations, blah. And then um, I've got some hockey. So I got Nathan McKinnon, Wayne, uh, Wayne Gretzky. I got a couple of Connor McDavid's, a Leon dry saddle, uh, Dennis Rodman, LeBron James, and I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not a LeBron James fan. I just know that once this gets vaulted, he's going to be worth something. So I'm just going to hang on to him for the meantime. LeBron LeBron James doesn't like you either. You're too white. James. LeBron James. And then I've got a bunch of randomness. So like Taz as Scooby-Doo. So for the uh, Disney 100, they did um, a Looney Tunes Scooby-Doo mashup. So Taz was always one of my favorite from Looney Tunes because for someone with ADHD, him going is like how my mind worked. And then Scooby-Doo, well, because it's fucking Scooby-Doo. And then, like, you know, um, not a huge Star Wars guy. I'll be honest about that. Some people think it's cool. Some people don't. I don't hold an opinion either way. Just it wasn't for me. Maybe one day I'll sit down and try to watch them. Um, But... I think um, Baby Yoda was awesome. I was like, this is the coolest thing. So I got uh, Grogu. I've, I've got him, like the, the Baby Yoda. I have him as a Funko Pop. And then uh, Lilo and Stitch. I've, I was a fan of Lilo and Stitch. I got Stitch in a skeleton costume. I got Be Real as the green thumb from Cypress Hill. I just uh, I just bought my daughter Wednesday Adams. She loves Wednesday, and I have a Austin Matthews one. But I just introduced my daughters for the first time 
to when I was home to Lilo and Stitch. We sat down, we watched the movie. They loved it. Dude, that movie's over 20 years old now. Crazy. It's fuck. Like, um, Jesus. Right? So, like, I pick up a little bit of everything. Like, I picked up some Dragon Ball Z just because um, they're. So, I got Jiren, Shin, and uh, Super Saiyan Black Goku. And they're glow in the dark. So, I know when those vault, they're going to be worth mad money because they. Dragon Ball Z has a ginormous following. Yeah. And those I'll sit on just because they're going to be worth something. Black Adam, because he was played by The Rock. I got that character. I got Zoro. I got Squirrely Dan from uh, Letterkenny. Squirrely Dan. I got uh, Bluto in the Toga Party from Animal House. Nice. Yeah. So I got some random ones like. What's cool about these two is they make select runs. So, like, I noticed in your collection you have quite a few Canadian limited editions. Yes. So I also have a Funko Canadian exclusive, um, and I've I've heard like rumor that if you have one of the first one hundred Funkos in their packaging, they can go for upwards of like thirty to fifty thousand dollars a piece. Some of them are absolutely crazy. Like uh, there's one Funko I believe sold for about like half a million dollars. Was that the Biggie Smalls gold? Uh, no, it was um, it was an anime, I believe, if memory serves me correctly. But there's been some cool ass shit. I got a Biggie, so crazy story. I actually had the Biggie albums, which is the larger Funko box, and it's got the album cover. And That's cool. Unfortunately, my cat knocked it over and broke the case. So I just took Biggie out of the package, but he's still badass. That yeah. is pretty badass. I like that. Yeah. Now, so, have you ever cut one of their heads open to see if there's one inside? I have not, but uh, I've heard there are select ones that do have that. But I've also seen a lot of people do it and find nothing. That so, sucks. Yeah, I'm not about to do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> And then I got some like random ones like Al Bundy because it's Al Bundy. Uh, Mac from Super Troopers. Do you, do you remember the movie Super Troopers? Of course. Come on, so, Meow. So, Far- uh, Rabbit, Mac, Ramathorn. Yeah. Ram, Team or Car Ramrod. Come on, Meow. Alita Ricola for Officer Farva. Um, so I got Mac wearing the bulletproof thong. With his uh, earmuffs and safety glasses on, because safety first, right? Um, and then I've got Axel Foley, uh, Mumford from Beverly Cops. Just so uh, you guys know, uh, currently casting uh, two months ago, uh, Beverly Hills Cop Four is going to be oh, in production. Shit. I I did a casting call for it. Um, a new um, Bad Boys coming out. And the new John Wick coming out this month. Okay, John Wick for me was a movie they could have stopped at one, and it would have been yep. just great. Same, same. But number two, number two is fantastic. But number one, they could have stopped. It's one of those movies that didn't need a sequel. John Wick is amazing the way it is. Hundred percent. I actually am on the hunt right now for a John Wick Funko because I love the character. Um, I got Tony Soprano, Bob Ross, and then I've got some musicians. Like I got Biz Marquis, 
you say she's just or he's just a friend. Yeah, I know who he died last year. Yeah, yeah. Yes, last year or the year before. Last year. All right, boys. I uh I, I have to use the washroom. So I'm gonna let you guys talk for a minute. I shall return. Sounds All right, good. buddy. <laughs> I'm gonna uh I'm gonna start wrapping her up a little bit though it's just like kind of like uh winding her down anyways it's 10 o'clock and i uh you gotta be at work at five so same i get up at five so it's like yeah no man it's it's been fun and uh yeah man I'm yeah you know you. you know when i go into podcasts right like i'm always so nervous but i know it's just a just a conversation right it's just you know chatting shooting the shit but like you know when I went into this one, I, I knew, like, you know, I, I love Bearded Dad. I love Justin and and his whole family, his whole family, you know. And, you know, I I didn't want to fuck it up, right? And and then, you know, so I was like, I don't know, what, I don't know whatever. So, you know, and here we are. And it just was a two-hour-long conversation, just, just shooting the shit. And that is what a podcast is when you listen back, right? It's just, it's just shooting the shit. Right, yeah. it's like look at Joe Rogan. They, they they basically talk about random shit all the time. Well, this can be random shit, but you know, um, but you know, and then you get guys like Ed the Sock and Donnie Dumphy, which well, that one's already done and aired. But like, you know, that one that one can't be just a conversation. It, it is a conversation, but it can't be just a conversation, right? Like you yeah. you don't have much time with them, and you got to get to really dig deep, right? With with you and 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 uh, Double D over here, this is not the last time you're gonna be on here, right? So like, you know, save some for another time. Oh, absolutely, right? I tons. What? I got tons. Tons of time. Tons of randomness and shenanigans for all your episodes. <laughs> oh, dude, I oh, that's that's your middle name should be random, random shenanigans. All right, the next person that says shenanigans is getting pistol whipped. Hey, Farva, what's the name of that place with the goofy shit on the walls? Shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, so Justin, I usually like to you know wrap it up by, and, and you probably listen to it, but like. You know, the Mount Rushmore thing, you know, like who who's on your Mount Rushmore and why? My Mount Rushmore. Uh, well, first and foremost, my grandfather. I think that's a no brainer for me. Um, what do we got? Four people on Rushmore? I think there's four people on Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Okay. I, I figure. Um, my grandfather. Um, because he overcame his addiction he found for his own perseverance or his own journey he found god and dedicated his life to that so changed his life around overcame addiction i think you know he has taught me so much that i would be i wouldn't have a rush more without him um, Damn. And then, crazy enough, at only seven years old, my son, he would be on my Rushmore. And I know that's going to be like, well, how's, how's your kid going to be on Mount Ru- your Mount Rushmore? That's the most biased thing I ever heard. 
Um, he's made me such a different person. Him and his mother, both. I have to give credit to both. Um, but my son's on my Rushmore. And the reason why is he said something to me that I'll never, ever forget as long as I'm living. Um, <clears throat> he was upset one day. And he said, oh, buddy, you don't have to cry. And he's like, I know I don't have to, but I'm allowed. It's okay. I'm a boy and I'm allowed to cry. I'm allowed to have feelings. And that's kind of what allowed me to get in touch with my feelings. So my son would be on my Rushmore. Um, yeah. Um, also, I think... Um, Bro, if you don't say your wife and she watches this, hello, <laughs> hello friend. <laughs> my wife's right up there with my son. Um, and, and, you know, maybe she would be a better fit on my Rushmore because of what she's accomplished um, by being with me, by or what I've accomplished by being with her. She's believed in me before I believed in me. She has taught me how to be a... Um, active role in my son's life. She's taught me that I can be more than I ever dreamt of. And uh, shout out to those teachers who said I'd never be anything because uh, fuck you. She's thrown <laughs> it out there. Um, you guys said I would never make any money sitting on my ass staring out the window. Well, truck drivers make money. So eat a bag of dicks. Humbly, I make more money than you. Oh, dicks. I love that my name is used in that. You know, like, eat a bag of me. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, and I think Gord Downey would be on my Rushmore. Ooh. Good person. Um, good philosophy on life. Uh, didn't necessarily follow the stereotypical norms um treats everybody well with respect and dignity and i think that's something we all should strive for so being canadian being the person that he is the influential person that he is the respect that he has from the masses by being the person he was during his illustrious career and absolutely beautiful life i don't think i would be able to measure life as a whole for anybody i think he lived the best life because he did it all he's you know he had that final concert he i i just think he's probably one of the greatest people to ever live huh that's interesting rushmore dude i i absolutely love your rushmore your Rushmore is dope, and that is fucking amazing. Uh, Gord Downey, uh, for people in the states that are listening to the podcast, they might not know who he is. So you want to just you want to go in and and describe who Gord Downey is? Um, you know he's uh, the lead singer of, in my opinion, one of the greatest bands of all time. Um, the greatest he, band of all time. Exclamation point. Say that again. The greatest Canadian band of all time. 
exclamation point. I don't I don't disagree with you. The tragically hip is is absolutely amazing. Um just in I always like to say in my opinion because this is my opinion. Some people don't have to agree with me, other people will. At the end of the day, I'm not gonna please everybody, but in in my humble opinion, the tragically hip is one of the greatest bands to ever live. Um and you know he was an activist. Um, he was a true libertarian, someone who believed that everybody has value to their life, regardless of who they were or what they represented. Everybody had something to bring to the table. They had um, value, regardless of color, regardless of nationality, regardless of their past discretions, regardless of their addictions, their mental health, he believed everybody had value. And um, like, you know, he was actively involved with uh, the indigenous communities, um, gay rights. Um, He was ahead of his time. He was a amazing, amazing human. The best thing that I ever thought that he did was Gord Downey was a a megaphone. Gord Downey would present himself to the people that didn't think or didn't feel they could have a voice. And he, he preached and he, he didn't just say he would help. He helped. Yeah. He was, uh, like you said, the the megaphone, he was the voice of the voiceless or he was the representation of a minority. He was the the equalizer. He was the person who believed everybody that exists has value. And if that's not true libertarian, and if that's not someone who's on a Rushmore, your Rushmore's not that good, bro. You're forgetting something very positive about him, too. Um, That man literally is the voice of generations of Canadians, and they don't even know it. Absolutely. He's my music at work. I mean, like, you know, um, it's crazy to look back and see what he's accomplished in his life. And I think we're all a little worse off knowing that he's not with us anymore. But all the work that he's done continues to be a pivotal part of society after he's gone. You guys want to know something, and you'll hate me for it? I had the chance to see uh, The Hip during their last tour in Edmonton when they played their final shows. Um, It was between them and Simple Plan. And I chose Simple Plan. Are you fucking kidding me? We all make mistakes, Richard. It's okay. They played at the X, Simple Plan did, the same night that uh, the hip were playing across the road at Rexall Place. And uh, I, I, chose, I chose Simple Plan because, you know, I hadn't... It had been 16 years, right? Since And, and I had that was a bucket list item, Simple yep. Plan. And I never got to see Simple Plan, and I haven't heard of them going on tour in a while. Still, from from that from that time, so I chose I chose Simple Plan. They're on tour this summer. 
there you go. I I could have waited, but, but like, no, you're not wrong. But you're definitely like you're fucking sure as hell not right. <laughs> well, no, quick crazy fact for you, and this is just randomness off the top. But uh, you remember that song, "Addicted." I'm addicted to. I'm addicted. Yeah. I'm addicted to you. So. Back in the day, much music would not play any type of profanity or swear words in their music. They made that song. Pierre purposely did those lyrics to get a cuss word on much music. There you go. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like that's crazy, me, and it played. It it, it blew up. It was one of their biggest hits. Do you remember the band Jimmy Eat World? Of course. Heck yeah. Yeah. What's the first letter of each of those words? Oh my god. <laughs> what about it? Um, they they wanted to be known as the Jews, but they wouldn't accept it. Like the record label wouldn't accept that name. So they changed the name to Jimmy Eat World. Huh. There was always no rhyme or reason to that name for me, but uh, obviously obviously it had something to do for that for with them, so that's incredible. <laughs> In case you have nothing to do this long weekend, Finger Eleven, some other band, and some other uh, the Roadhammers are performing at Mudfest in Cold Lake. Fun fact about Finger Eleven: they're formerly known as the Rainbow Butt Monkeys. <laughs> wow. Fun fact about Bare Naked Ladies, uh, who I'm trying to get on the podcast. By the way, I've sent out the email. Um, uh, the bare naked ladies didn't know how to get people into their shows when they were first starting out. They couldn't figure it out how. So they're like, what do we call ourselves, guys? So they put on the billboard outside downtown Toronto where they where they put put on the show. They put bare naked ladies on the billboard and people flocked in. That's fucking genius. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's how that's how the bare naked ladies came came to be. That is hilariously amazing. I love it. You and I both. Dennis, quickly there. What or not quickly? Fuck, take as much time as you want. Well, I've never, I never asked you because I didn't start that segment until afterwards. But uh, who's on your Mount Rushmore? Well, much like Justin, my dad, aka Grandpa, he is number one. Like my number in life is thirty-three because that was the year he was born. Um. And if I can accomplish a third of what he's accomplished as a human, I know I will have succeeded in life. Um, whew, this one's tough. Especially when you're put on the spot. Yeah, that's I know. Why, that's why I do it. The bed. Um, other person on my Mount Rushmore would be... My son, Aiden. Um, truth be told, I never knew what love was until that kid spoke his first sentence to me. Um, I wasn't ready to be a dad when he was born. I wasn't capable of the connection that him and his mother had. And while postpartum depression is a thing... I went through my own kind of depression because like I was in a place it was new, didn't know what to do. I felt insecure. Anyway, it was worth it for when he got his own personality 
and I'm responsible for a bit of that. So, like, I don't know. He 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 unlocked the gift of unconditional love in me, and that's something I'll forever be grateful for. Um, shit. Just to uh, buy you a bit of time there, uh, while you think, I gotta wholeheartedly agree with you. My kids are coming out with his own personality now. And it's hilarious. My wife and I joke about how much he is like the both of us. Because he'll come out of the room and just be like, hey, fuck you, with his two middle fingers. <laughs> and it's like, god damn, there's no denying that's my kid. <laughs> my third will be Nikola Tesla. Ooh. Uh, because madness is not hereditary. It is given by others. And that being said, Tesla had so many inventions that Thomas Edison thinks he made. It's it's uncanny. Y'all should look into it. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so, yeah, I love him. And right now, you know what? Fuck it. Because that guy's mind didn't work like anybody else. <laughs> Stephen Hawking. Wow. Sound like you're motorboating. You wish. Oof. Ah, you know how to talk to a guy. <laughs> you know how to treat a man. So, Richard, I don't know if anybody's asked you. And maybe I've missed it. Who's your Rushmore? My, yeah, I was asked and I gave it. Um, but I think it's changed a little bit. Um, and I'm going to add someone on there that people wouldn't expect because I do a lot of shit talking on them. But probably my dad, right? And it's because every time I look up at my Mount, my Mount Rushmore, I need to be reminded of who I'm not. And who I won't ever be. And you know what I mean? Uh, I, I need that reminder that, hey, if I think I'm going down the wrong path, it could always be worse. You know? But then my wife is on there because if I think I'm going down the wrong path, sure, it could be worse. But she deserves better. So, you know, never set that bar too goddamn low, right? You know, like, oh, at least I'm not, at least I'm not here. Well, no, that's setting the bar low. Yeah, at least you're not here, but you could be over there, right? So, you know, my dad, you know, is just that that beacon. Yeah. What's that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> my dad's that beacon up there saying, hey, wrong way, bro. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, my wife's up there. Obviously, she's taught me how to be a man. She taught me how, you know, how to treat people. And, and it's not how my dad treated people. Um, you know, obviously my kids are going to share one rock because fucking, you know, I didn't know true love either. And like, like you had already said, and yeah, my, my kids are, my kids are amazing. Right. And then my Nana, my Nana's up there. Cause you know, I didn't know her till I was 23, 24. 
and she she's an incredible lady and she's going through her own shit right now and i haven't talked to her in months because and i feel guilty about it but like she is going through some health shit and where i she doesn't even know who i am really and and that's fair because i was not a part of her life we weren't a part of each other's life so that short-term memory is just you know not there right and and that kind of stings a little bit because i didn't really grow up with grandparents but you know the shit she had to overcome, she had to overcome cancer. They said that she that was supposed to kill her. They don't know how she's alive. And then she got into a nasty car accident, which should have killed her. She don't. They don't know how she's alive. Apparently, she died on the table a couple times. And uh, then she had to deal with my grandfather, who ended up being a lot like my my dad. Ended up being a lot like him, right? Uh, very bipolar, except for there wasn't any medication or any any ways to treat that back then so you know my dad doesn't have an excuse where or my dad has doesn't have an excuse where he does right and so she she uh yeah she's an incredible woman and she said something to me it's very similar to what my wife said to me was like you know and she didn't even really know me she she we we just met we talked on the phone for a few months well we talked on the phone for a few months first and then we met like eight months later or whatever she lived in winnipeg and so we when we met she's like i've been wanting to say this to you but i don't know i didn't i want to say it in person she's like you know uh something very similar to what my wife said was there there's something there inside of you and she's like when you discover when you discover whatever it is that's there i can't wait to see see it because like honestly like it, it it's amazing and it's special and and you know um i want to be around for that because like you can tell you can tell i was lost right i was lost and and casey my wife she she said the same thing kind of i asked her why she stuck around for so long when i was in my early 20s and when we were teenagers and shit and she's like i saw something worth waiting for and I was just waiting for you to see it too. And it was like, fuck, that's deep, right? Like, thank you. You know, like, thanks for not giving up. Thanks for being patient. Thanks for, you know, showing me that there is, you know, a better way than what, you know, was shown me beforehand, you know, by my dad. And, you know, I, I, <clears throat> while you uh, bring up your dad on that Rushmore, who you strive not to be, I just want to briefly touch on something that I've been vocal about with you and that, uh, and, and this is going to be just honest, raw truth. And um, that's back before I really got to know Richard back when I only knew this Dick Frost persona went before I knew who Richard was. And uh, there was a time when I didn't understand your humor. I didn't understand it. Um, but then I got to know the person and I have to say, you strive not to be your father, but I don't think you're anything like him. I think you're a very admirable person. Um, I respect the heck out of you. You, I look up to you, um, in the sense that you're a very good husband. You're a champion for your wife. You're a great father. And um, when I say I, I look up to you, 
in that aspect to actually look down to you in real life because you're this <laughs> but, big. Uh, no, uh, you know, it took me, it took me a while to understand your humor, but, uh, I'm glad I got to know you and it's, it's been a fun ride for the last year. I'm so excited for what the future holds for you. And, it's uh, yeah. Thanks man. I appreciate that. It's funny because I still don't get half of his jokes and some of the things <laughs> just dumb. So like, <laughs> but the resounding thing is Richard will attest to this. I've lamented this many a kitchen talk is um, Richard's a mentor for me. Um, when, when we met and we worked together, like I got to know him on a better level than anybody on this platform uh or on the other platform that we 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 frequent and that we all have met on but like uh richard showed me a different type of human being a, a person that can be genuinely happy a person that can be confident within his own infallibilities and, and the strength that it takes to be that person I don't get it. I don't know how, I don't understand how such a tiny little package has so much power, but like, yeah, man, like when it comes to being a dad, husband and father, bro, you, you, you should be on the cover of good housekeeping. <laughs> housekeeping. You want to introduce that? No. <laughs> and, uh, also, you know, uh, thanks Dennis for being here, but, um, also, Thank you for your advocacy for mental health. Absolutely. Uh, back when you and I first started talking, um, you talked about your teal sheets. And I'll let you tell that story if you want. But, uh, yeah, there you go. And you uh, Every camp I've ever been to, those sheets have been on my bed. Yeah. Yep. And I, I remember some of the things you said to me. And, uh, you know, for being the... Uh, advocate for mental health and holding it front and center for people to understand that you don't have to be ashamed of who you are. Everybody goes through things and to have that type of person where um, if you're going through something shitty, you, <clears throat> you can just reach out and know that you'll have someone to confide in. Um, that meant a lot. So thanks for that. Bro, I remember your first steps. Do you not remember how excited I was on live to hear that you actually took those steps? I I do. I remember it. And that pumped me up so much that I look back at it now and I'm like, it's been a year of knowing you guys, but it feels like a lifetime. Hell yeah, man. yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I can't believe it's only been a year. It's right? Crazy. It's it's insane. The TikTok's been really good for that. It's it's been really bad for that too but it's been really good for connecting people you know uh that you know not necessarily need to find each other but like uh deserve to find each other you know what i mean it's it's you know it's been it's been a ride it has been a ride heck yeah i couldn't agree right place right time right place wrong time on tiktok 100 percent tick toxic so. Yep. It can absolutely be that, but uh, regardless of what it can be, it's been great for us. So, 
Absolutely, man. You got to rise above the bullshit, right? And, and oh, yeah. you know, if you're not fucking me, feed me, you're paying me. It doesn't matter, you know. Uh, and and financing me. Yeah. So there's only there's only a handful of people, and that when I say handful, I mean less than five fingers. So yeah, I mean like three people on that app that I have I put trust in, and that trust is unwavering. And two of them are in the room, right? In, in the in this podcast right now. And, you know, I've trusted a lot of people on there, you know, that I probably shouldn't have, but I've trusted a lot of people on there that I should, you know, as well. Right. It goes both ways. Take the good with the bad. So, yeah. you know, um, I'm always on Dick Island and I try not to come off Dick Island because like I, you know, I came off once and, you know, I had to go right back to the island. So, you know, it was but. You know the, the the motorboats, the motorboating. You can motorboat on the motorboats, but the the canoes, the life rafts, whatever you want to fucking call them, to come over to the island and hang out. They're always extended out for you guys. You guys have unlimited passes onto Dick Island. Heck yeah! Yay! I got access to being on Dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, guys, it, it's been a lot of fun, man. It's, it has. And, and uh, it wasn't how I pictured tonight going, but, like, I, you know, like I said, I'd come in with no rhyme or reason. It's unorganized chaos or organized chaos. I don't fucking know. It's chaos either way. And uh, I I just go with the flow of the, how, it, how it goes, and this is kind of where the flow took us, and that's fucking perfect and fine by me. Heck, yeah. It was, it was a fun night. Thank you guys for the awesome company. Thanks again for having me. Uh, Double D, thanks again for being here. It's always a good uh, good conversation when you guys are in the room. So appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Bro, surprised to see your big, beautiful puss show up on the screen. <laughs> Richard didn't tell me who the guest was tonight. And he's like, yeah, you just, just be here. So he told me he had a special co-host. He didn't say who it was. I thought it would be, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised. As much as I like Casey as a person, I yeah, I have to say I was pleasantly surprised when I seen you. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. All right, gentlemen, you guys have a great night. Friends that anyone could ever have. <laughs> uh, are we the Three Stooges, by the way? Like, all right, guys. Take care, guys. Fuck yeah, this has been. Hey, thanks for coming. And you guys all stay frosty. Bye.